0: Stand with me, if you will, opening, opening your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, verse number 35. The Bible says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." This is the first and great commandment. Throughout the Word of God, we find that God asks us to give Him our heart, that God asks us to love Him with our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. Have you ever wondered why God wants you to love Him? Have you ever wondered why the God of heaven, the God that has all wisdom, all power, all knowledge, he owns everything. You and I, what we possess, we are only stewards. We take care of what belongs to God, but everything belongs to him. Why? With that God who has everything, who is the creator and sustainer of this earth, why would God want us to love him? Why does God do, do so many good things, not just for the saved? Have you realized that how good God is even to the unsaved? It rains on the just as well as the unjust. He's good to this unconverted world, even those that would curse his name, even those that would live in sin. God loves him, and he's good to them, and he wants them to love him. From the beginning of the Bible to the end, where we find where God wants us to give him our hearts. Deuteronomy six five. He asks us to give him our heart. Now, when you say that you love someone with all your heart, that means you love them with everything. Uh, that means uh, you would give them anything. You would give them everything you desire to. When you say you love someone with all of your heart. Throughout the Bible, from Deuteronomy, where he first begins to instruct us to love him with all our heart, throughout the Word of God, the instruction is given. Why does God want us to love him with all our heart? I want you to think about that, and I want to just reason with you for about 20 minutes. Heavenly Father, I ask that you'd help us to see a picture tonight to see an illustration that would affect our lives to the place. It would affect our behavior, how we make our decisions, how we think. God, help us to see it. May I present it in a a way tonight that can be understood. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We'll not read the story. It's a familiar one in John chapter 21. Jesus said, Peter, lovest thou me? And Peter said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said, Peter, feed my lambs. But then he says again immediately, he said, Peter, lovest thou me? Peter gave a very similar answer the second time. And the third time, Jesus asked Peter the very same question. And, and, and Peter was troubled because God had asked him not once, not twice, but three times if Peter loved him. Now wait a minute. Let's look at who these two characters are. First of all, we have Jesus. Jesus is not just a representative of God. He is God in the flesh. Jesus did not begin when He was born in Bethlehem. Jesus always has been. Everything that God has ever done, or is doing, or will do, He does through His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that He has given all things to and through His Son. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So we don't have a conversation between just two men. We have God in the flesh saying to Peter, uh, now, I like Peter. Peter is a I I I mean, he is a, a he's a fireball. He's a go-getter. I like him. But now, uh, Peter failed a lot. And Peter made several mistakes, and this Jesus wants to know if Peter loves him. Now, why would Jesus care? I mean, what is Jesus going to get from Peter that he could not get for himself or he does not have already? Stay with me now. Why is it that there is such a battle for your affection. Why is there such a battle for your attention? Why is there such a battle in our world today for your heart as to who you're going to love? Uh, every morning there is a battle that begins. You know, as we're supposed to surrender ourselves or present ourselves for service, we know we've heard enough preaching, as he said, we're supposed to read the Word of God. But not every Christian says, Amen, glory to God. I can't wait to get into my Bible. Uh, the truth is I stagger to the coffee pot the first thing in the morning, and uh, I try to wake up enough so I can read. Read the Bible, and isn't it amazing how you have time to get ready for school? How you have time to uh, brush your teeth and fix your hair and get everything ready for school? Uh, but boy, we just didn't have time to read the Bible. Now, now the truth is, the Bible is not really the issue here. The issue is there is a pulling, there is a struggling for our attention. The devil wants at your heart. And God wants your heart. How many would agree that there is a spiritual warfare? There is a battle that goes on for our attention and our affection every day. How many would agree with that? How many would agree that we have to really be careful as we live in this world because it's not an easy thing to guard our eyes. It is not an easy thing to guard our ears. And everywhere we turn, the devil is putting out something to get our attention, something to steal away our heart, from God. Why is it that God wants my heart? Why is it that the devil wants to take my affection and my heart away from God? In the Bible, we find that it is important and a principle uh, that the follower give their heart in the relationships of life. To the leader. For example, it is important that the heart of the father is connected to the heart of the children. I want my children to love me. I want my children to give me their heart. And in every relationship of life, it is so important that we give our heart to the leader that God has given to us in every good and godly relationship uh, that we have. Now, why is it that there is a constant struggle after our heart, after our affections, after our love and our Uh, Care Uh, Why? Here is the answer. Here is what I want you to see. God, on this side, He wants me to give Him my heart, not for what I can give to God, but for what He can give to me. On the other hand... The devil wants my heart, not for what he can give to me, but for what he can get from me. Do you know the devil's ultimate goal? Do you know what the devil's ultimate goal is? He wants to be God. And in fact, the Antichrist is going to one day uh, sit down on a throne and according to the book of Daniel commit what is called uh, the abomination of desolation and he wants all of the people of the world. And we see this happening in our political system. We see this happening in our religious system of the world. Uh, We're looking for not just a president, but we're looking for a world leader of peace. Uh, We're looking for religion of peace. Boy, you fundamentalists, you stir up so much trouble and you cause uh, so many problems. Why can't we all just get along and work together? And we see a movement taking place, as prophecy uh, tells us is going to, that we will have a one-world religion, a one-world government. and the, And the driving force behind that is Satan wants to be God. Now, let me say what I just said again. On this side, we have God. Now, you can't make him God because he's already God. You can't make him king because he's already the king of kings and lord of lords. You can't give to him anything because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, a wealth in every mine. You can't give to him something because he is everything. He has everything. All power belongs to Jesus in heaven and in earth. Why would He want me to love Him? What can I give Him? It's not what we can give God. He wants me to love Him because of what He can give to me. On the other hand, the devil wants me to love Him for what I can give to Him. He's not interested in me. He's interested in using me for him. Now some folks have this idea about God that he's a mean old man uh, looking for you to do something wrong so he can hit you over the head and so he can be mean to you and the truth is that's as far uh, from the truth as anything can be. He is a loving heavenly Father he wants you to enjoy life he wants you to have peace in life he wants you you to have satisfaction in your soul. In fact, God gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God does not want me to love Him, to give Him anything. He wants me to love Him so He can take care of me. My wife and I have five children We love our children very much, and we didn't have five children, so we can get something from them. I want my children to love me, and Dr. Jorgensen talked about his children and grandchildren, He delighted in giving to them. He delighted in loving them. I've never heard him complain because a grandchild didn't give him a Christmas present uh, or uh, anything like that because he is the father and grandfather delights in his children as I delight in my children. Uh, My boys are here uh, tonight. Jeremy, how many times have I asked you to pay the electric bill at our house? Never have. John, how many times have I asked you to buy the groceries at our house? I should because you eat a bunch of them. Uh, Leah, how many times have I asked you to pay for the hairspray? Huh? Never have. Now, I didn't have children to serve me for my benefit. I have children that I can rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord for their sake. Now, I want to tell you something. God is being misrepresented in our world today. And furthermore, Satan is being misrepresented. And we get this idea that every time something bad happens, well, why did God let that happen? Well, wait just a minute, friend. You've got the wrong culprit when you say God let something bad happen, and we've let the culture uh, dictate our Christianity uh, rather than our Christianity. Christianity to control our thinking and our behavior. Can I tell you something? There's nothing you can give to God. If you breathe for five more minutes, you'll get your breath from God. If you can think how to get out of here tonight, you get that ability to think from God. The devil never gave you anything. The devil's always standing with his hand out to get something from you, not to give you. You know what Whitney Houston cared about? For people to make her popular. 115 million records died of an overdose found underwater in a bathtub. 48 years old. Had she given her life and given her talent to God... God would not have said, I want you to give that to me to make me great. You can't make somebody great that's already great. You can't make somebody God that's already God. You can't make somebody the King of kings who's already the King of kings. If you give your life and your talent and your ability to God, you're not giving something to Him so He can benefit. Dear friend, He has the power to make the sun to rise in the morning and to spread in the evening. He has the power of the hurricane and the tsunami and the tornado. He has all of that in His hand. He has the world in His hand. As we heard this morning, I can do anything for God to benefit Him. All I can do for God is to give Him my heart so He can make my life what He designed it I want you to think of this. When Satan came to the Garden of Eden, he did not go to the Garden of Eden to establish a loving and lasting relationship with Eve. He went to destroy one. Satan didn't go to be a blessing to Eve. He didn't go say to Eve, if you'll follow me, I'll bless your life and I'll provide for you and I'll give you peace and I'll give you satisfaction. No, he began by attacking the good relationship that you already had with God. Think of this story. King David was a man after God's own heart. David laid down his life for the sheep. And I believe that is a picture of God. And he said in John chapter 10 that he is a good shepherd. And he laid down his life for his sheep. And David was a man... After God's own heart and he was chosen by God himself and he was loved by the people because of his heart and his love for the people. David cared about Israel. David cared about the people. But wait a minute. Absalom cared not about the people. Absalom cared about the throne. And Absalom worked to steal the heart of the people, not so he could bless the people. They already had a king that loved them. They already had a king that protected them. They already had a king that provided for them. But Absalom worked to steal the heart of the people. Why would he do that? Because he needed the people to make him king. Let me ask you a question. Why would I give a day to the devil? You know what he is? A zero. A failure. Headed for eternity in the lake of fire. He's a deceiver. He's the master deceiver. He's never done anything to me or for me but to lie to me and try to deceive me and to hurt my marriage and to hurt my family and to hurt my church and to hurt my life. But why does He want me to love Him so I can make Him God? Why does God want me to love Him? So He can make me happy in life. Is that simple? Do you know what the work of a harlot does? The work of a harlot is not to build a loving and lasting relationship with a man. It's It's to destroy. It's to destroy a good relationship. You know what the devil wants to do? The devil wants you to give him your heart. So you can make him God. I already serve somebody. I I don't have to make him God. He is God. Yeah. He's a King of Kings. He's a Lord of Lords. He's the Provider. He's the Lover of my soul. He can give me. He can give me what Donald Trump can afford to buy. Yeah. Yeah. He can put within my soul a peace a comfort, a satisfaction. I don't know if you understand completely how much peace and comfort and satisfaction is worth just yet, but I want to tell you something, dear friend. You come to the day one day that you realize there are a few things worth more than fun and worth more than money and worth more than possessions, and that's the peace that's inside our soul. Michael Jackson lived to be the king of pop. He died a wicked and tragic death. You know what it took for him to go to sleep at night? You know he couldn't sleep at night? Sleeping pills were long beyond the ability to help Michael Jackson. If you go over here to any hospital and where they're preparing for surgery in the morning. They have a drug that the anesthesiologist use. There's a lady in our church that is an anesthesiologist. I tell her her job and mine is very similar sometimes. <laughs> I ask her if all her patients woke up this week, and she'll sometimes say, looks to me like, Pastor, they all woke up today when you finished. She puts an IV in the arm of the patients, and it's a medicine to put them asleep while the doctor takes a scalpel and performs some type of a surgery. That's what it took for Michael Jackson to go to sleep at night. You know what it took me to go to sleep last night? About three seconds In fact, I think I went to sleep and then I went to bed, I believe, is how it worked last night. Can I tell you something yielded to my Maker and surrendered to His will and presenting my life a living sacrifice to Him? There is a joy, there is a peace, there is a comfort inside my soul that the world can afford. And God is not trying to get me to make Him somebody. He's already somebody. Uh, One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And one day there will be a coronation where a throne will be placed on my King of kings and Lord of lords. I didn't make Him king. He already is king. I just had the great privilege to serve under His command. I got news tonight just before I left. My office at a lady I'd led to Christ a year or so ago. She got out of jail today. She called me from jail last week. She said, Preacher, I, I did exactly what you told me not to do. I started missing church. I started running around with my friends. I ended up right back in jail. And what her question was tonight, I'm out of jail, but I don't have any place to go. Wonder why she don't call her buddies? Wonder why she don't call those that gave her her first fix? Wonder why she don't call those rock and roll singers that she took her money and wasted her money on buying their albums. You know why they don't give a rip about her. They don't care anything, nothing about her you know how good god is he picks up not just his obedient he picks up the broken the fallen the hurting the rebellious come unto me all ye that labor and heavy laden and i will give you rest for your soul come to me you know why god wants you to love him well god just wants something out of me you can't give god anything I understand we can give Him our life. I understand that. And He wants my love. And He wants my praise. But if I didn't praise Him, the rocks would cry out and praise Him. I just keep the rocks out of business. The truth is, He doesn't need me really for anything. And that's just what he preached. I didn't surrender at the end of a rope or at the end of a gun. I saw what a great God. I didn't deserve salvation. God gave His Son. I stood there condemned to death and a devil's hell because I was guilty of sin. And God said, "I gave my Son to pay your sin debt for you. Would you like to come to heaven rather than go to hell? I'll 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 pay for your sin and give you eternal life." Sure. I was a five-year-old boy, and I had enough sense to know I didn't want to go to hell. I was a five-year-old boy. I had enough sense to know I didn't want to be separated from family and friends. Sure. God says, by the way, I'd like to give you some peace and joy and comfort and purpose and will and some joy, and I'll provide you needs. Really? What do I have to do? Just give your life to me and I'll take care of you. God wants my heart so he can care for me. The devil wants me so I can make him somebody. I'll tell you what, I ain't making bricks for Pharaoh. I said, I'm not going to make bricks for Pharaoh. I found somebody I don't have to make a king. He's already the king. I found somebody I don't have to make rich. He's already rich. Why? It just makes sense to say, yes, sir. Well, I'd be honored to serve you, sir. Heavenly Father, there's a great struggle, a great pull for our affection. We need to pay attention to what's going on. You're not trying to get anything from us. Our relationship is like... My children, they asked me money, Lord, for Christmas so they could buy me a present. Before they were able to work and make money, they said, Dad, can we have money for Christmas? Why? We want to buy you a present. And God, the truth is, I've never given you anything you didn't first give me. Never have. What a good God you are. And what a great life it is serving you. Yes, Lord, there are trials and difficulties, but I've never had a trial alone. Never. I've never had a trial without your grace and without your presence. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see this thing tonight as it's presented in the Word of God. God, it's a shame. You're often misrepresented. You get the credit for the bad. And that's just not true, and that's not right. You're the giver of good things. And I pray that tonight we see why we ought to yield ourselves to you. I want to ask you to stand with heads bowed just for a moment.